Matthew 6, verse 25. Part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. So, we started off this morning talking about um, some statements that may have been true or may not have been true. Um, One of them was, God helps those who help themselves. And well done, most of you agreed that that was not in the Bible. But... uh, I'm going to begin with an interesting fact. In the USA, they did a survey, um, not of, of Christians, but of just people out in the community. And they asked people, did they think various statements were in the Bible? And this was one of them. And 80% of the people asked thought that the Bible said, God helps those who help themselves. thought it was one of the major teachings of Christianity. So clearly there's a lot of misunderstanding. And I'm sure you've heard people say that phrase. And in fact, during during this month, we're going to be doing a series of uh, things the Bible doesn't say. And this is the first of those. So where does this saying come from? It's actually got pagan roots way back in ancient Greece. Sophocles says, heaven ne'er helps the men who will not act. And Euripides says, try first thyself and after call on God. I wonder if that's what some people do. They try everything and when, it, when, they, when they can't manage to do things themselves, then they begin to call on God. And that's really putting things the wrong way around. In Aesop's fables, there's the story of Hercules and the wagoner. The wagoner gets his his wagon stuck in the mud and he's calling out to the god Hercules to help him out of the mud. And Hercules says, no, just put your shoulder to the wheel. You can do it yourself. So you won't help him. So again, these are all um, origins of this God helps those who help themselves. 
More recently, it's been attributed to writings by Benjamin Franklin. But the point is, it is definitely not from the Bible. Helping yourself. I'm sure you, if you, if you look on um, um, online book, booksellers or anything like that, you'll find a whole section on self-help. There are seminars you can go to helping you to improve your life in various ways. There are videos on the internet you can pick up on self-help. It's a multi-million pound industry. People pay lots of money to buy these books, to go to training courses in order to improve themselves. I came across one or two um, uh, sort of subtitles to some of the books that were on sale. Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds was one of them. How to relax, eat, move and sleep your way to a longer, healthier life. Or the must-have fitness book from the world's favourite personal trainer. Goodness knows how they work. I can't even remember who the chap was, but can't work out how he ended up being the world's favourite. They certainly didn't ask me if he was my favourite. <laughs> Start now, get perfect later. I quite like that one. That's a, that's a Christian uh, principle in a way, isn't it? That we, we don't have to be perfect in order to start the Christian life. The Lord will perfect us uh, in due course. But this wasn't a Christian book. This was one um, encouraging people to just have a go at things in this life. So advertising encourages us to try and improve ourselves. And the messages the world gives out can make us more anxious about the things that we just read in the scripture. What are we going to wear? Are we wearing the right thing? Are we going to look as good as the person down the road? And are we, are we going to be criticised for not wearing the right things? Are we eating the right things? Gosh, if I left off eating everything that people said was bad for you, I think I would starve because everybody has a different view, don't they, of what will improve your, your well-being. So... Lots of messages coming at us. And sometimes we can get worried about these things. And the scripture tells us, put things in the right order. Put God first, as we learned with, with Laura's illustration earlier on. The other things can come later. There may be some grains of truth in some of, of these statements, but it's not the whole truth. Um, J.C. Ryle said, Whenever a man takes upon him to make additions to the scriptures, he's likely to end with valuing his own additions above the scripture itself. So that's a danger that we need to avoid, isn't it? Not to add anything to what God's word says. We've got examples in scripture of people trying to help God along. You think of Abraham and Sarah when they were promised that they would have a son uh, in their old age. And for a while, it didn't seem to be happening. And so they decided they'd help God along. And Sarah said, well, you just go and sleep with my servant and, and you can have a, have a child through her. And that will sort of be okay. And then we'll, we'll call him my son, but he won't really be her own son. And so that's what they did. But of course, that wasn't God's plan. They were trying to help God when God had a plan of his own that Sarah herself would have the child of the promise. 
We've been blessed with um, abilities and clearly we want to use those. We've got brains to think about things. We've got strength to do activities. We've got wisdom to choose what is right and wrong. And we do need to use those things. But there is a danger of being so proud of what we can do that we forget about what God is doing. Deuteronomy 8 has this. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Yeah, it's so easy to say, I did this with my own strength, but who gave you the strength to do it? Jeremiah pronounces a curse on those who depend on their own efforts. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. And what about you? Where are your priorities? Are you doing things that you think will please God? Are you trying hard to please God? Fine, we want to do what is right, but we need to obey him. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. So sometimes if we think we, we know best and we think we, can, we know what God wants, first of all, we need to pray and we need to ask him. Seek first his kingdom. We need to seek him first and then things will fall into place. The Benedictine monks had the right priority their slogan or their their watchword was ora et labora which means pray and work so the prayer comes first and i think that's so important isn't it that you pray first and then you work we need to strike a balance between doing everything for yourself and and just um and uh, on the one hand and on the other hand expecting god to do everything for you, saying, oh, well, I don't have to worry because I'm just going to trust God. And then you don't do anything. Um, so there's, there's got to be a balance somewhere in the middle. Scripture doesn't teach us to be lazy and expect everything to fall into our laps. You may be praying, give us this day our daily bread. We prayed that this morning. But you're not going to go home and sit down at the table and just expect your dinner to appear on the table. I guess you've been shopping, you're going to do some cooking, you're going to make an effort in order to to put that food on the table. But you still acknowledge that it's God who has given us the, the sunshine and the rain to make things grow. He's given us the ability to get out of the house and go to the shops and buy things. He's given us the funds to be able to buy things. The, give, give God the glory for what he's done, but we still have to work and do things ourselves. Indeed, Proverbs tells us not to be lazy, doesn't it? Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones, is the uh, uh, New Living Translation. Learn from their ways and become wise. It's a little more uh, up-to-date than go to the ant, thou sluggard, I think it is in the authorised version, isn't it? Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. So there we are, yeah? And of course, at the end of Proverbs, we get that wonderful chapter uh, about the wife of noble character. And there's a long list of all the things that she does. She does a lot of work. But at the end, it says this, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 
So fear in the Lord, trust in the Lord is the thing that made all the other things possible. Got to get things in the right order. The phrase, God helps those who help themselves, can also be used as an excuse not to help other people. But the scripture says, Cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows. Zechariah 7.10, Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor. So the people who can't help themselves, we need to be particularly mindful of. In fact, Jesus himself teaches, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he illustrates that with the story of the Good Samaritan, who was somebody who helped somebody who was in a dreadful state and couldn't help himself. And that Good Samaritan went out of his way to help the person who couldn't help himself. James writes, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And Jesus, um, teaching in Matthew, he talks about um, being in prison and you visited me, I was hungry and you fed me and so on. And he finishes up with this, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. God expects us to go out of our way to help those who can't help themselves. There are some things none of us can do by simply helping ourselves. Joyce Mayer said, God doesn't help those who help themselves. He helps those who know that they can't help themselves. There may be times when we are facing an apparent impossibility. There's nothing we can do to help ourselves out of a particular situation. In our prayer meeting, we've recently heard some stories of people whose prayers were answered miraculously, people who were desperate and cried out to God. So, is that what you do? Do you try first, like the Euripides statement that we had at the beginning, try first thyself and after call on God? Do we wait until things are desperate before we call on God? But if things are desperate, if there's something that we know we can't do anything about, then we need to, as the scripture says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Yesterday, we, uh, quite a number of us met here to pray for the nation, and there were um, others praying in a, a large meeting in Wembley Arena in London. And um, again, we're praying about situations that don't seem to have a solution. It seems almost impossible. But again, we seek God, we seek his um, kingdom and his righteousness and just trust him that he will intervene and that he will bring about a solution. We put him first. That's always going to be the way to do it. So if you're facing a difficult situation in your own life at the moment, if you're feeling helpless, seek first 
his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Believe that the Lord can do everything and anything. He, for him, nothing is impossible. But there's one particular problem that nobody can solve by themselves. We know that each one of us is born in sin and we have done wrong things. We, there is no one righteous, not even one, uh, the scripture tells us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I'm sure you've come across people who think they can try harder to please God and there'll be some sort of scales that if they think they've done more good things than bad things, then that'll be okay and God will, will let them into heaven. It doesn't work like that. If you think you can work your way into heaven by helping yourself, by trying harder, then think again. Only when we admit to God that we can't help ourselves when it comes to the question of our eternal salvation, when we admit that we're absolutely helpless, then he will help those who know that they can't help themselves. And praise God, he's given us a remedy. Titus, right, oh, the letter to Titus says, he saved us not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. It's a free gift. We can't do anything to earn God's uh, forgiveness. We just have to come to him and ask him to take away our sin and to give us a new start in Jesus. Paul's letter to the Romans, he says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, that's the key, isn't it? When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And a couple of verses later, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We don't have to try hard to be good in order to please God. We ask him to forgive us. Then he will help us to do what is right and what is good. It's getting the things in the right order. Seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. The other things come later. So if you haven't already done this, admit that you can't help yourself and accept the free gift of God. <coughs> the free gift of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And God will help you. God doesn't help those who help themselves, but he does help those who know that they can't help themselves. I want to challenge you, if you come across people who say that, I'm sure it, it won't be long before you hear somebody say this expression, and that's a challenge to you to challenge them and say, no, that's not right. It's God helps those who know they can't help themselves. Shall we pray?